J. Cool it, bullet, trapping, skeeting, A A A. So you know, we doing our thing, drinking. I'm sipping on that V salt today. Got my boy Bank in the building. Got D in the building. Got two special guests. So you know, let's rock out. Let's bang up. Support black businesses to a yeah, certain Remy, extent, Remy, oh, Remy oh, yeah, real and this is why. Why? To Some to people, extent. certain black businesses have what's what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they don't have good communication. They don't have good customer service. It's like uh, what's what's what I'm looking for? Damn. I don't know. Make sure you clarify. Just I'm, I'm trying to clarify. I'm trying. I'm trying Sarah to clarify. Word I'm I promise you, I'm gonna let them talk. And once, once, once I start talking, you okay. Let me let me rewind. You you have the black businesses, you know, that's going that's going above and beyond. You know, giving good support. You know, giving out good products. Um, you know, giving. Getting feedback from their customers on like how they could do better, blah 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 blah. But then you got the other black businesses where you see on Twitter, Facebook, you see messages and sh- shit about you know, hey, how much for this and that service? Like for instance, I saw a picture on Twitter where this girl said, you know, a full set of nails she charged twenty five, you know, do the whole nine yards. This girl responds like, oh, hell no, you charge way too much, blah, 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 man. I don't even want to fuck you no more. A black girl, knowing damn well, for a full set of nails costs like $65, $70, right? I know I'm right. With the designs and all that shit. No. A full set is $35. No, like acrylic, like... You no, know, like designs, the long, yeah, you know like you know, you know what I'm trying to say. You get classy nails. Uh, this is uh, a ghetto shit. I'm, I'm talking oh, about, yeah, I'm talking about those kind all of chicks. Extra shit. Yeah, all the extra, extra shit that costs like seventy. You don't, you don't make problems. Yeah, you yeah, know, I'm talking about the girls who pay like seventy, seventy-five dollars. There's a girl that do those kind of nails only for twenty-five, and the girl was tripping off of that shit because that's how big. Get what you pay for. You know. You get what you pay for. Oh, no. Nah, the girl doing nails like these Asians do the nails. Okay. But she just okay. doing it at a reduced price. At a more okay. affordable price. Yeah. So but this girl was tripping price. off that affordable price. Like, bro, you can take your ass to the Asians. Right. So three what times. Look, what does that have to do with, black with black supporting black business? Right. You just gave me an example yeah. of yeah. a good yeah. black business. Yeah. A black business that is <laughs> undercutting. <laughs> That's basically cutting the people that aren't black doing the same thing. So to me, that black business would be a business that you would want to support. So, she, what, so what does that? She's have not to trying support? to support it. 
Like she's basically saying you talking about like, her, that's not, what, what about you? That's not the me? black business's fault. What about you? You me? say I'm you me. don't support all black business. Yeah. And I don't support you know, all but this is the thing saying I don't support all black business. Cut, like customer service, you okay. know. That could be one of the things why I want to support, you know, how they do their products. But have you, you, know, you, have you experienced that okay. yourself? Have you have so, you had a bad experience with a black owned business? Few that times. You know of? Few sure. times. What was it? Okay. Look, it was customer service. Okay. Most of the time it was customer service, man. Okay. They are like they can't like you know how they say, you know, the customer is always right. Well, you know, well, with them is like, yo, you either gonna buy the shit or you not. And there is an ongoing joke with Jamaica restaurants, right? Jamaica, where when you walk in there, the people look like they don't want to help you. Yeah, like they don't give a fuck. You here for our Jamaican food? Yeah. So if you want some, let me know. I'll get it for you. Yeah. But what we have to understand. If you go to the right Jamaica spot, yeah, I mean, we know, know that right. lady. So the one we go to is different. She'd be excited to see us. But if you go to just any old Jamaica spot, they look yeah, at you. Yeah, you know what? They look at yeah, you. Don't ask for but, extra gravy. Listen, listen. Don't ask for no extra gravy. No, they don't say, hey, how you doing? Can I help you? Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so chat. You know, let, me, let me explain something to you. So, come Number one, white businesses have bad customer service sometimes too. I know. Spectrum. And so, for and so, so, so do Asian. Hold up. The company I well, listen. So do Asian businesses. So do Spanish businesses. So do Russian businesses. So to say that some black businesses don't have good customer service is to say that it's a business because <laughs> when you have businesses some of them will be good and some of them will be bad so you can't say oh I'll fool with black business because sometimes the customer service is bad in those black businesses because sometimes the customer service is bad in white businesses and all kinds of other nationality businesses so that's one point but the real point is when you talk about how black people view other black people, therein lies the real issue with, with you know, our progression. Because the Jamaicans, they stick together because they're not worried about our money. They're not worried about anybody else's money. That's why they treat you like that. Let a Jamaican walk in there. They start talking their stuff that we don't understand. I, I bet you a Jamaican <laughs> will probably look at it a lot different than somebody like me who don't like, I've never been to Jamaica. I don't even understand the culture. I have Jamaican friends and I know Jamaican people, but I don't understand that culture. So that's one side of it. The other side of it is you started it off by saying the customer's always right, right? And in business well, in the United States, I said that's how that, they that's view the mantra. That's the that, mantra. How that's they the mantra things. from the perspective of a customer. You want that to be a mantra. You want to always be right. You're a consumer in America, right? Yeah, that's how so. So the culture. That came up with that mantra, the customer is always right, is the same culture that enslaved black people for 600 years. Mm. So, 
So you got to understand that that mantra was built off of a culture that was cool with dehumanizing an entire group of people. See, I mean, I want to... I want to say that's a reach, but I see where you're going. But I mean, you be you be <laughs> putting shit together. So 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 the but, but the <laughs> thing is is that so I see where who decided going. that the customer was always right. At the end of the day, if I, I would put money on it, I put a million on it. That when that shit came into existence, that customer always right shit wherever that started. I guarantee it was mostly white people in the room making the decision about that being the mantra. I mean, I think... I don't think that there were any well, black people in the that, room. Well, that, well aren't they helping us out there? My thing is Because that, if yeah. I go to well, the store, well, well, then that means, yo, I'm right. I'm right. No, no, no. Here's my thing. My thing and is, white people are cool with Because they understand that the fact that you're going... You have to understand. The fact that you're going to the store, right? Let me ask you a question. Um, when you get your paycheck, where do you work? Or you don't have to tell me where you work, but you work at a regular job where you get a paycheck or? Spectrum. Okay, so you get a paycheck, right? And you get a pay stub and they take the taxes out of your check, right? Yeah. So you pay your taxes, right? Yeah. So when you go to Walmart and you go grocery shopping or wherever you go grocery shopping at. You go grocery shopping and when you get up to the register, the stuff that you bought doesn't cost what it said when you bought it. You have to pay what? More tax. But you already paid taxes, right? They already took all the taxes out your check. But when you go to the store and buy something, you gotta pay more taxes. You already paid your taxes. So you're talking about a country that enslaves people now through economics and through money and through finance. So they're cool with you. That's why it's the customer's always right. Because we want you to be a customer. We want you to continue to come and spend your money and pay more taxes because you already paid your taxes. They took it out of your paycheck. So you, we want you to just pay more taxes. I don't know. That's why the customer's always right. I think that, see, see, I, I don't know. I see where you're going, but I just think that it's, it's if you're if we're talking about the mantra or the mindset that the customer is always right, that's an industry. No, that's so, not an industry. That's an industry. everything. No. That's every industry. That's the mantra. No. In service, that is the mantra. When you're in hospitality, when you're in a position to where you're serving someone else, sure. that is the mantra. And guess what? When you're a lawyer, the customer's always right. When you're a doctor, the customer's always right. When you're that's not true. When it comes when to you're a doctor, the customer's always right. Yes, but I'm talking about the financial part of it. I'm not talking about the job. I'm talking about if a customer says, I'm sick, I need you to look at me, they're right. Give me the money and I'll and I'll validate whether you're sick or not. But that's not the If I'm a lawyer and my guy comes in and not- says he didn't do it, he's right. That's what I gotta go with. No, you so, have a choice when you're a lawyer. You don't have to take that case. 
So the customer isn't always right. Okay, just like if you're in hospitality, you can quit. This is no that's different. Not, that's not the same because if you quit, you don't have a job. If you choose not to if take you, case, you're still a lawyer. But lawyers don't get paid like that. So that's so lawyers get paid per case. Uh, they, no, they get paid retainer before they even go to trial. So lawyers don't get paid the same way as hospitality people get paid. To but but right, hospitality people get paid based on how good how, the customer being right. Okay. That's a so that's who a sales people. No. Yeah. If you get commission, but you still don't get paid. No. Not if you're commission only. Not a real salesperson. You work at a car dealership. You're 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 not. Um, you don't get money. When Unless you go to a car, car dealership, when you go to a car dealership, you, the customer's right. Whatever they want is what you sell. No, because every time I've gone to a car dealership, they show I, me I what I do not want. Every time, because they have because a, you had a bad salesperson. No, because they're trying to sell something. They have a quota. They they don't care what your budget is. They're going to show you what they think they can get you to be like, oh, this is nice. They're going to take you to the cars. But they that's not the good you. salespeople, though. But that's that's not the successful salespeople. The successful well, salespeople find out what you shit. want because that's what I do. I'm in sales. Right, so the successful salesperson. But I'm just saying, we're. I'm not talking about the bad salespeople. You're not talking about the bad hospitality people. Yes, you are. You're talking about the good ones. No, if you, if, because you're saying the customer is always right as if it's a bad thing. But for any organization, the the customer is always right. Every organization I've ever worked for, the customer is always right is a foundational principle in that organization. And when it comes down to any big time company, Walmart, Target, any of those companies, you go to the C CEO and say, hey, is the customer always right? He's going to say yes. So is the customer always right in what I do right now? For the company? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay, okay, but that's great. That ain't... That's great. I don't even want to get into that. That's that's too great to even. I'm talking about most Fortune 500 companies example, because the culture. But there are other businesses that operate off of people coming to them and they not really knowing what they want and working. Who the people? Yeah, there are plenty of businesses that you go to for a service. You're not going because you're right. You're going because you need somebody to be right. A stylist, listen, a producer. Listen. Uh, 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 even a lawyer, people who you go to for for us to do something for the you. Customer is always right no. to their company. If the customer is wrong most of the time, then your company is not gonna last long. I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if if I go to if I go to if I go to a fitness, if I go to a, a trainer to get a personal mm -hmm. trainer for my weight, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could tell him what my goal weight is, but what if he looks at me and says, "Hey, man, you're not gonna do that when you think you're gonna do that." It's if I'm that trainer's time. boss, if I'm if I'm in charge of those trainers, to me, your perception of the trainer is right to me. So, but why are it, you going to a trainer if you're going to tell him what you want? This is what the you point. Need to do? Not that's not that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is let's I'm just gonna, say I'm in charge of that gym full of trainers. Right? If I'm in charge of that gym full of trainers and they train you, right? 
And I go to you and I say, hey, how did you like my trainer? You say he sucked. And then I go to you and I say, hey, you went to that same trainer. How do you like that trainer? You say he sucked. Even if I think he's good, what's better for business is for me to assume that you're right and say, hey, you're right. He sucks. Even if I don't think he sucks. What's better for the company is to find somebody, even if I think they suck, if you like them, then that's more profitable for my company. So at the end of the day, any company, the bottom line is that the customer's perception is what matters. See, that's not, see, that's what why. If, what I, if that's, I'm a private trainer? If you're a private trainer. I'm, you don't go through nobody. I don't go through nobody. It's just me and you. Yeah. So I say, hey, I need a trainer. I'm going to call BJ. BJ the trainer. That's who you are. So how would you how would you approach how would you approach that? You meet up with them. All right. There's what like famous people have private trainers. Okay. Like, um, really, um, like, really and guess what? Guess what? And known. Guess and what? Known trainers. If if, if one like of your you. customers if, if one of your customers says, "Hey, BJ sucks as a trainer." Who is everybody going to think is right? I don't know. It depends because they social media, social media plays have, a big role. If I have like if twenty million followers as a, a private, right. celebrity, personal trainer, if he got and a one person say, everybody say someone sucks. Like no matter what you do, even if you're good, they told LeBron he sucked and he's great. So if I'm one person say, who ever said LeBron sucked? A lot of people. <laughs> See, my I don't believe that, dog. So but listen, you gotta understand. But look, you gotta understand sports talk, though. There's just people that's just gonna hate on no matter. People gonna hate. Okay, okay, but there's a difference between hate and there's a difference between somebody using the facts to make a judgment, right? So. Just because somebody says something negative about somebody does not mean that that person is hating on them because everybody has positive and negative in it. So the thing is that if somebody says something negative about me, there's a 50% chance that that shit is true because I'm, I'm just as bad as I am good. And people don't like to admit that because people don't like to come out and say, oh, I got problems. There's shit wrong with me. But at the end of the day, bro, like, if somebody says something negative about you, there's a 50% chance that it's somewhere close to the truth. I don't know. I just it's a 50 50 chance. I just think that there are certain, especially this day and age now, as long as you have a following, it really doesn't matter unless the following is uh, unless the following is a negative following because there's a lot of people who have a good following but also have a really strong bad following exactly. you know what I'm saying so there's like con con there's, there's a lot of controversial people there's people who love Kim Kardashian there's people who hate Kim Kardashian there's people who love R. Kelly there's people who hate R. Kelly but R. Kelly is still gonna be R. Kelly. R. Kelly, R. Kelly is telling y'all no. Y'all want this fucking music. 
Y'all don't give a fuck about what I do. Y'all want this music. This is what y'all want. Y'all don't care about my sexual assault cases and what I do with young girls or what I'm accused of. Y'all don't care. Y'all want this music. He's telling us that. That's facts. He's telling us that. That's so facts. certain, certain, I do think certain roles, and I think now it's becoming more popular, people are working for themselves. And people are like, look, I got 50,000 people who love me, and I got 15,000 people who hate me. But it doesn't matter because I feel like when people say negative things about you, you got to realize that, I mean, okay, not everybody has to realize this. Everybody has their own perspective. From my perspective, love and hate are kind of on the same frequency. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't look at it as love and hate. I look at it as energy, thoughts, and, and, and vision towards me. So if, if I got 50,000 haters and I got 50,000 people that love me, I got 100,000 people Total who put shit attention. out in the universe towards me. Whether it be good or bad, it doesn't matter. It's how I receive it. So, True. so at the end of the day, like, I, I, the, the fact that the customer is always right is a social construct. And I believe that that is a social construct that transcends any specific industry. That is a social construct that applies to every organization. At the end of the day, the people have to think you're good. You can't, you can be good. Like for example, for example, I got people in my family that can really cook, right? I have an aunt and when I was like five years old, she made a cake that was like, I don't know how tall this is. What you would say, like three feet tall? It was about three feet. It was like a three feet tall teddy bear. It was like a three foot tall teddy bear, intricate. Thought you could pick it up. It looked like a teddy bear, but it was a cake. We didn't even eat it. We just left it on top of the refrigerator, right? <laughs> like it's going bad. Like so. Preserve it. Like it's for me, <laughs> it does not matter. How good you are, it does not matter how talented you are, it does not matter whether you're the best or not. All that matters is what the customers say in America. Okay. So, and that's and that's all business. That's not just that's not just this industry or that industry, the core of that business is being able to get the majority of people to say something favorable and make it trendy. That's why people wear ugly clothes and people will get shoes That's and they ugly. All these dudes are famous right now for so one song. Exactly, dog. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether it's good or not. In our society, all that matters is that a majority supports it. And what's happening is, is that Look, J. Cole got a song. I don't know what kind of music y'all listen to. Yeah, yeah, BJ does music. All right, so Cole got a song called High for Hours. Right. 
right? And in the song, what he's what he describes is he describes a cycle. He was like, everybody's screaming revolution. And what happens is, is that the people that are being oppressed, they want to overthrow the oppressor. But what happens is, is that, okay, if you do overthrow the oppressor, as time goes on, you're going to become the oppressor. So, like, the American Revolution, they got together, they came together and fought against Britain, right? A couple years later, they fighting each other because the oppressed becomes the oppressor. It becomes, okay, we got them off our back now. Let's find some people that we can be in control of. Like they were in control of us, right? So what happens is, is that, you know, he said he was talking about how um, dudes in abusive households grow up knocking girlfriends out cold. That's called a cycle. Like, so you know what power does to man. So it's like, yo, everybody talks about, you know, the oppression and, and how, you know, what well, we need to take over. Now, when we take over, who are we going to oppress? It's just a cycle. So. Yo, somebody, uh, I was on Instagram arguing with people like I usually do, uh, but somebody was talking about, um, you know, the whole Dipsy thing and just about. The, it, in particular, when the gangs came together to kind of have like a treaty, I guess they did. They, they did a walk. Yeah, they did yeah. the peace walk, and I guess they came, you know, they did some kind of truce or whatever they're going to do. But someone in the comments said, um, she said, good, now if they could all agree to disband, that would be perfect. Disband? To, 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 they, not, have it to not have gangs, period. Okay, so first of all, do you know how many gangs there are? Not even that, but first of all, gangs weren't originated on a negative thing. Gangs were were made to protect their neighborhoods, their sets, their hoods. Yep. So it wasn't gangs were. I would compare them to a sorority to a sorority or a fraternity. So I commented to her. I was like, "Hey, I was like, or they could just stick to their original plan and." become more positive, protective images for their neighborhood or, you know, groups for their neighborhood, like a sorority or a fraternity. So they're like, well, that ain't gonna happen. I'm like, well, why not? We came this far. We've never seen this happen. Why can't it grow into it, them becoming more of what they were originally supposed to be? I don't think there's anything wrong with a gang if you're... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with being in a gang until you start looking for trouble. When yeah. you're in a gang and you're looking for trouble, that's a different story. But when you're just a gang and you're just a group of dudes, like, you know, our color is blue, we rep this block, don't fuck with our block, and we won't fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. 
Like, I mean, you know, what's wrong with that? What do y'all, like, y'all think gangs should just say it would be better if they just... And so I asked her, actually, I said, what do you think is more likely? Do you think it's more likely for them to change their ways or to change their perception? Or do you think it's more likely for them to just say we're not going to be gangs anymore? Yeah, that's Right. So that, that was my point. What's more likely? You really think they're going to stop being gangs? Or you think we have yeah. a better chance of getting them to be a positive? They ain't going to stop. It's more positive. I don't think they like, need to. Like, just like Nipsey, bro. Yeah. He's R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. He was in the game. Yeah. But it wasn't violent, right. you know. He he turned to a positive side to like, you know, bring up his so neighborhood. What do you guys think about investing in real estate and flipping it for financial gain? Where the hoes at? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh damn! Shout out to, to that whole situation. They just had his little funeral. Y'all saw the clips and stuff like that? Oh, that one yeah. a little funeral. Oh, no, nah, that man got the Staples Center. That might have been the Y'all biggest funeral I've ever seen. That was a huge funeral. <laughs> That's what they saying, man. They saying Nipsey Jesus, man. What? <laughs> They're saying Nipsey Jesus. That's what, uh, that's what, uh, who, Jada Kiss, I think, just tweeted. Hey, so check me out, yo. So what do y'all even put in, what do y'all put Nipsey, though? As a rapper, what do y'all put him? Because... Let's do that. Let's honor him real quick. Let's show him some respect. I mean, like... I mean, he got nominated, he got nominated for a Grammy off his first album. Hey, man, Nip, look. Nip nice, though. He's definitely from where I'm from. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of... You saw what Issa said? Issa said? I feel a certain kind of way. And then hearing everything, hearing everything that he did, yeah. just the way he spoke. It touches my heart. Yeah. Nah, the thing about it is, is that it was on the low. People had to right. pick this up. He right. wasn't broadcasting it. Right. Either. I didn't which, know nothing, which, which, I didn't know nothing about like this dude. That's, that's, that shows didn't know like, no, somebody you know, doing it for real. You like, don't yeah, see yeah, that yeah, yeah, character. It's from the heart. It's not no let yeah. me show it to get my followers. He, he had an agenda, and it was a positive agenda yeah. for the community. Didn't but Nipsey so like was a rapper. He was. <laughs> so let's 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 take our fellas for Nipsey Hustle, a man who is one of the greatest black men to me. Yeah. At the end of the and day, when you look at everything that he's done, dog. Like he can go down. You can put him next to. They wrote him in the history. Next to. Might be 
a lot of other rappers. I, I mean, there, there's probably a lot of other rappers that there's probably a lot of other people that do that yeah, too. Period, not just rappers. We just don't know that some, you know, they're not famous or something. Yeah, there's a lot of people that's probably doing the industry and out of the industry. Yeah, yeah, and and. The thing is, is that you gotta respect those people that are in there, in the trenches for the black community that are on Twitter and Instagram, posting what they're doing. And that's the problem with the social media era, though. Like, I'm so glad I didn't grow up in this because it's so easy to be phony in this. All you gotta do is snap a picture, dog. Like, all you gotta do, like, listen, you could be making, you could be single, Four thousand dollars a week in Orlando, and go find a homeless man and take him into H and M and spend fifty bucks, right? And take a picture on Instagram, and people will, the sheep will look at you like, "Wow, you you you, you got a good heart." Yeah. When you make four thousand dollars a you spend 50 bucks in Express on a homeless dude so that you can post it, right. so that you can manipulate what people see. Like, that's what so the social media era is to me, dog. So it's like, yo, I, I don't trust it. I can't believe nothing I see on it. Like, I always have to go back and verify. I always, like, even when I see people I know, it's like, I, I, I might ask about <laughs> I might ask about it. I might ask somebody else that know what's up for real because it's like, yo, man, like, it's so tempting to put out, it's so tempting to put out something for the likes and for the perception and for the persona. It's like a whole different level of manipulation. So, you know, I, I mean. So y'all think, y'all think that was Jesus? That's what they're saying. Oh, I can't put him with Jesus, bro. I can put him with Martin and Malcolm and Jesus. Obviously, no blasphemy, but you know, like I'm not even talking about from a blasphemous perspective. Let's take the spirituality out of it and talk about Jesus. At the end of the day, Jesus is a story that that they that that happened based on the Bible that happened in two thousand years ago, and you still got people completely devoted to it. Is 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 what Nipsey Hussle did, Biggie, Pop. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, is that shit gonna last 2,000 years? 2,000 years from now, you think they're gonna be talking about them? No, I don't. I don't. I think the only reason why we talk about them now is because they died. And at the end of the day, bro, and that's no disrespect to them. That's no disrespect to the great civil rights leaders because from my personal life, from my time here, in my existence, I'm 36. I'm 36. Do you think Biggie would have aged? Do you think Biggie would have aged? I'm 36, so I'm 36, so you gotta realize that that means out of all of the years that this earth has been in existence, out of all the years that man has inhabited this earth, I've been here for 36. What do I know? What do like? What do I know? So at the end of the day. What I have to do is, is, is rely on what I believe. And what I believe has to be more than just what my senses say, because it got to be more to it than that. So 
Um, you know, I say that to, to, to just say, like, when people talk about Nipsey, I mean, I got, like, like Nipsey has done so much. Okay, what did, okay, right. Where do you, okay. But. He, no, he, yes. He but. Did, but what did, what did Tupac do uh, in his community? Did he do anything? I don't, I put Nipsey ahead of Tupac he, when it comes to the community and stuff. And then he, what did he contribute? I mean, besides good music. Yeah, besides Listen, man, that, but. It's, it's I got to separate the music. It's a different time. It's a different time. what he did. No, 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 no. It's not that different of a time. He You made enough money a, to make to, to do some he's big things in your community. Pop was Pop was Pop was Pop was what? Pop wasn't necessarily doing, but he was talking though. Pop was top Pop was talking the way Nipsey was talking. Yeah, if was you pull up the okay. yes, Pop okay. yes, he was but, he was talking the way he was talking. In, in private settings. But when he was in front of black kids, that's not what he was. That's not true. Listen, man. I was a black kid during the Tupac era. Pop was doing interviews. Pull up old interviews of Pop talking to both. Listen, black kids don't watch interviews. Black black kids during that time wasn't watching interviews like that. There's a video of him at a boys and girls club or something. Preaching up to him, doing the mom right. He's talking about flipping houses, though. No, 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 that's bitch ass bitch. 
But he, but Takashi <laughs> Six Nine made a career off betraying somebody he wasn't. <clears throat> well, wait, hold on. You said snitch. He is a snitch. So I can't I put you out with him because Takashi Six Nine can't rap. He is a snitch though. He can't rap, dog. He not in conversation. He not a rapper, dog. He's how, how, wait, how long was they looking to put him away in prison? 40-something years? 40-something years, right? I think it would have ended up being 69. So, it, so, so like that's I'm so, 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 I got a question. Whoever listening. I got a question. 69, they did that shit on purpose? They was looking to put him away for over 40-something years. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. No, they said it'll add up to when he gets out and so, with that being said, would you snitch on niggas who fucked your girl, stole yeah. money from you, yes. to not spend yes. over 40 something years in prison? Yes, I'm not mad at him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, he could be called a snitch. But yes, would you snitch? Yes, but. Hey, you gotta, but you had, gotta, he, had he not portrayed the image he portrayed, I think that people wouldn't be so harsh with the snitch title. Because when you go out and you portray this real nigga that's out in the streets, you shoot niggas, you don't give a fuck. But I got bitches and other bitches anywhere, fucking several bitches anyway. Yeah, but that shit has been going on for years. All right, well, now he got caught up. Now we don't take you seriously. But Don't come out trying to make no music, bro. But at the end you know, of the day... You just admitted in open court that all of that is fake. You said that you know, you're not really like that. It was just to get famous. You're not a blood. You're not associated with all of them. So yeah, well, what I mean, did, don't like, do that, at the end of the day, like, do what? at the Bobby end of the day... No, no, no. At the end he of was the day, talking about doing like, this and that, portraying this and that, but rappers do not portray who they really are. But rappers are in a six-nine situation. They're not in a six-nine situation. There's a lot of rappers that don't have to portray that lifestyle to be good because he's not a rapper. J. Cole ain't got to portray that. At the end of the day, this nigga is not in no rap conversation. And we taking Sean off and Nipsey to talk about this nigga who's not even a rapper to me. Like, I don't even consider no, him a rapper. I'm trying to keep the content varieties. I don't even know what a fucking word to say. No, I'm not trying to, I'm not bringing him up in the conversation. Where, so where, where, do y'all, where do y'all rank this? As a rapper. Let's go back. Let's, because we already talked about all, all See, the other See, because, shit. because to me, as Nipsey, a rapper. I was thinking Balls. about it because I was listening to, I was listening to Nipsey all the way home last night, just chilling. And he's like a West Coast. Rick Ross to me. I see. He's a West Coast Rick Ross. I feel that. He's, you know, he's he's giving you just period. He's giving you know what I'm saying? You go to Rick Ross for a certain sound. Yeah. And there was a song, they did a song together. What is the song called? And as soon as I heard the beat, because you obviously I could see who's featured on it. But as soon as I heard the beat, I was like, oh, Rick Ross about to kill this. Nipsey got on first, Nipsey killed it. I'm like, yo, he sound like Ross. Or like, it gives me Ross vibes. So when Ross came on and finished it off, I was like, yo. So if we're asking, that, that's that's kind of where I put him. I, he's in a Ross category conversation for he's me. He's over so there, yeah. When that's I bring him that's where to help, you know, just to, I, that's where I go that's with him. He's kind of like a, a, a he's going he's gonna to tell you kind of a story. He's gonna give it to you straight up, and he's just gonna rap. So for me, I'm putting him like with Ross I'm too. putting him with the Ross. Yeah, 
Yeah, I gotta, I gotta put him with Ross. He, he, I just gotta go there with Ross. But yeah, like I don't like that group because that group right there is so underrated. That group of rappers. And who do you, who do you consider a group of Ross? Who's in his class? I mean, because I, I feel, and to be honest, what I'm about to say, it feels like a diss. But at the end of the day, dog, I gotta put Jada right there. With Rick Ross. Jada, kiss. I'm, I'm talking about bars, yo. I'm talking about. I'm talking about classes. I'm talking about classes. So like a class, class of rapper to me. A class to me is Drake, Kendrick, Cole. That's a class. All right, Big, so that's, Big Sean. That, that's a Big class. Big Sean, Kendrick, Drake, Cole. Ooh, that's Sean a class. There, he is. He is. If he's if you if See, you if I don't you, classify Drake Kendrick Cole with none of these rappers. If Big Sean, if you're Big Sean is going back and forth with Kendrick, Kendrick ain't going back and forth with nobody that ain't in his class. Kendrick ain't wasting his breath on no little yachts. He gonna go out of Big Sean or a Drake or a Cole. Yo, Big what? Sean is in that is in that class. Big Sean's in that class. I can't think of nobody else in that class, but that I might even. I got people over Big Sean though. That's out right now. In that class, I'm talking about I love the, Big Sean. The dude, I'm when I say class, I'm talking about I'm talking about like the freshman people, Excel class. People that you people that you can compare to each other. No, people that came up in the same time. Oh no, nah, that's, that's a class not a, of people. Okay, okay. I was, that's a class I, of rappers. About, I'm talking about like levels of rapper. Like when I say class, I'm talking about like Jay-Z and Drake aren't in the same are in a certain They're not the same one. Wow. Jay-Z and Drake. Listen. Drake. <laughs> They're not the same class. Drake is the new Jay-Z. <laughs> Cole is the new Nas. And I'm not listen, listen. I came up on their music. So I'm not gassing because it's not a for me it's not about like man you about to come out with a country hit. Listen, this what I'm this what I'm about to hit you with after that whole time. But road. this is what you gotta understand. Hip hop has expanded so much that certain print but certain principles still apply. So I was listening to rap when it was Biggie and Tupac, and then they died, and then what was left was Jay-Z and Nas, right? So that's my one and two. So when I say Cole is the new Nas and Drake is the new Jay-Z, I'm not talking about the type of music they're making. What I'm talking about is their commitment to what they're playing for. Like, if you listen to The Takeover, like, The Takeover, like, really shows you the difference between today's era of hip-hop and that time of hip-hop. Like, so, in The, in the Takeover, in The Takeover, he's like, you've been in it 10, I've been in it five. Smart enough, Nas. Four albums in ten years. I can divide. That's one every, let's say, two. Two of them shits was due. One was eh. The other was Illmatic. That's a one hot album every ten year average, and that's so lame. 
switch up your flow. Hey. This shit is garbage. What you trying to kick knowledge? So basically what he was saying right there is, and then so what happened was Nas came back very emotional, very lyrical, but listen, if both of us work in the same company and we're both salespeople, right? And I say, yo, I'm better at you in sales and this is why, this is, this is the numbers, why? And I do it in front of everybody. You have two choices. Either you can step back and say, you know what? Based on that, you got it. Or you can get in your feelings and respond with ether and get personal like Nas did. So, that's why I say Drake is the new Jay-Z and Cole is the new Nas. They're just kind of a more peaceful version. But what Jay-Z was doing was selling records. And he was making more popular music. Records. He was following records. the popular, he was following the popular trends. He was following the sounds. He was leading, but he was also the one that was going away from what made Nas so good, which was just spitting hard bars. <laughs> so that's the So that's the same thing. So Cole is the dude who's gonna stay committed to that, while Drake will jump on any trend to further the legacy and further the relevance. Jay Z made an album a couple years ago that was hot. Now. I will say that album was dated. The sound was more classic Jay-Z and not necessarily all with today's sound, but that shit sold. Nas can't sell an album like that. And I think that's what's gonna happen to J. Cole and, and, and Drake. So it's not necessarily the caliber. When I say the class, I just say, you know, Drake is more of the person that's gonna ride the trends like Jay-Z did. Jay-Z broke the trends. So yes, the, I feel uh, like Jay-Z uh, made the trend. Yes and no. Like, you got to understand, hip-hop has always been driven by the DJ. So the producers and the DJs you choose lets you know what kind of trends you're trying to flow with. And so Nas would stick with the basic DJs while Jay-Z is reaching out to a Pharrell. Or there's Neptunes, or or, or to or, or or to Timberland, who has like a totally different sound than what he usually does. Whereas Nas, he's gonna get producers that are gonna produce the same sound, and he did that for a very long time. Even his last album was a very Nas-like album. It was and and, and Jay Z, he followed the trends of music because music went from being samples of jazz and stuff. See, Jay-Z's first album was very jazz samples. It was a whole lot of jazz samples. And he turned electronic by the middle of the 2000s. When you listen to Can I Get It? That's all electronic. That wasn't the jazzy sound that was on Reasonable Doubt. Whereas Nas stuck with his sound. He was committed to, his, to what he was doing because it was about his lyrics. Just like J. Cole. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I ain't, I ain't trying. Of course, I ain't about to say Drake is as great as Jay Z as a rapper. Lisa's birthday. But, yeah. I just want to say, Wale 
Stop tweeting <laughs> stupid, obvious shit. Wale what tweeted, he tweeted that Chris Brown's first album aged better than any album in that year. And duh. He didn't have much What came out that year? year was that? The, 2005. Oh, I don't know. Uh, the, uh, the, emanci- nah, the Emancipation of Mimi. Oh, uh, R&B album. No hip hop RB, let me pull it oh, up. Nah, bro, but I know off the top of my head. Baby. At top of my head, I know Emancipation of Mimi, the Mary J. Blige. <coughs> um, Which one? <coughs> <coughs> it was graduation of six. No. I mean, no. That I know for a fact that wasn't on there because I would have changed my whole mind. Trey Song's first album came out. Um, let me see, R and B and hip hop, two thousand five albums. Don't don't fill any don't fill in the dry space, Joe. Just, just sit back and relax. Okay, TP3. No, chilly. He was lucky. TP3. Like, he over here. He over here sliding in DMs and shit. He sliding in DMs. Alright, alright. So, the man. No, he might be recording. I'm on Twitter. I saw a picture. I just had to respond. Oh, okay. Now he's going to throw it back on me. That's why we stopped it. Alright, y'all, man. Hurry up for it before y'all start to. Before we get into sports, Like for me, I got to have them balance. I got to be able to play 
your album through a session. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta be able to turn your joint on at the beginning. If you were R&B, if you real R&B, I gotta be able to turn your joint at the beginning. Anderson Pack. And get as far as many songs as I can go. Love some fucking Anderson Pack. So, uh, speaking of R&B, you said older male groups. I just scrolled past the post on the shade room here. And, shade uh, room. Shade room. No, uh, and the question is Jagged Edge or 112? 112. 112. Wow. All Jagged Edge songs sound the same. They all the same. All sound the fucking same. Good gracious a lot. No Jagged Edge. Living no. at the no. altar with no light. No. Kill, kill that shit though. He did. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna take my heart. 
fucking dumb in bad. But it's like, uh, it's, awesome. it's like the trap beat behind it. It's like a, it's like a hip hop country. Type. It sounds like a, but country songs got got bass in them now. Yeah. Like these country songs, but the thing is, is that if a if a white people do that shit all the time with their music, they do it all the time. Why? Well, that's the like, Ariana. If Ariana Grande ended up on the hip hop charts for Seven Rings, they wouldn't have taken her off because she, she would. She would. She, she would. Say would her little white ass, or whatever she is, Grande. <laughs> she would probably end up right there. Ariana. I can't believe they asked her to sing at Aretha Franklin's yes. funeral. She did. But Aretha liked it, right? Okay. Aretha liked it. Ariana can't sing the ass on Ariana can't sing. She is the new Mariah. Yeah, but you had other things. She's Mariah, too. Yeah, there's other people, but Ariana can sing her ass on her. Like, good gracious. I had no idea she just stood there on stage. No, you don't. You just gotta look. You gotta have that look. Well, well, you gotta have that look. And that, I think that's what's killing the children. So killing the children. I saw um, a post on politics and bullshit. What is that? And it was this dude, and he was like, yo, my son play on a football team with this little dude. And so the it's little famous. dude is, so the little dude is like, they got like this trap song and they got a music video. They from Baltimore or something. And they some little dudes and they out there and I mean, they spitting, it's a hot beat. They throwing around money and all this stuff. Got all the jewelry and they jumping all around and they talking, they saying nigga, 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 nigga. And these is nine year old kids, right? And so dude posted, he was like, yo, my son played on this football team. His dad is pissed off that he's in it, but his mom is supporting it. And like, it was, when I listened to it, I couldn't even listen to it all the way through, because I'm like, yo, this dude is nine years old, talking and he nigga, 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 Ooh. talking about, it's, it's some people like, I gotta, I gotta. I see little girls like that. Yeah, Same thing yeah like, so it's like, this is what they doing, what they're, what they're doing is they're saying, look, man, you don't have, to do the work to be great in music. No. You don't have to learn how to play an instrument. You don't have to develop that discipline. You don't have to develop the discipline to sit and look really write cadences and, and, and expand your vocabulary. No. You don't have to actually be able to sing, like have that natural singing talent. I come from a family of singers, dogs, so I don't heard people like Sing, sing that's not famous, that's never gonna make a million, right? So, like, I just don't, like, with music these days, like, whoever you are, if it's, like, there has to be some sort of drive in you to, like, go the extra mile and perfect the craft. And I, and I don't think that's what these kids are getting these days. I think no. these kids are getting, yo, all I got to do is pop off on the internet. It could be completely whack. But as long as my parents put it out there, it's like the lotto. You never know, somebody might like it and no. boom. No, let me tell you what happened. Like only because. Uh, only a uh, little ass girl, bad baby, bad Barbie, whatever. 
What happens now? Is that the girl who was lying, girl? Catch me outside, how about that? Catch me outside, that girl. What happens now, what happens now is that you can buy everything. Okay? It makes the world go You can buy everything. You can go on Instagram. You can buy followers. You can buy views. You can buy followers. You can buy followers. You can, yes, it is. You can buy followers. You can buy views. You can buy likes. You can buy plays on SoundCloud. You can buy plays on iTunes. You can buy plays on on on. You can play. So it looks like you have a million plays. And what that does, nobody could have listened to that shit. You could have bought a million plays, but it puts you on the front page of SoundCloud or the front page of iTunes. Then you start getting emails from iTunes saying we'd like to put you in this playlist. Then your single pops. Oh, you know you know what you pay for also? You pay to get your music video played on World Star. You pay for that. They're not finding these artists Smart, and saying, hey, we'd like to play your video. No, we're saying, hey, give us 50 bucks and we'll play your music video for the 50 million followers we have. Because I'm going to tell you why, because of customers. So that's, what, that's what's happening. Customer is always right. That's what's whatever happening. Whatever the people say, whatever the consumers say, whatever the customers say, they right. <laughs> so, yeah, you look like you got a million followers and boom. Because a million followers means a million customers, and they're right for listening to your music. Customers are always right. So, like, that, none of that matters, though. At the end of the day, what matters to you as a human being, as an individual, is your ability to develop a talent or a gift. And... So you got all of these kids coming up doing all this like trendy stuff. And then when it comes down to actual music talent or music ability, they don't got it. And we reward that. And the people would, yo, I so know this is so, so do you think Zion uh, Williamson has the amount of talent that these brands are trying to pay him for? Just no. a question. You don't? Okay. Okay. I'm trying to switch it up. It depends. It depends. It depends because it's all the same thing, though. You got to realize. Because they're paying him for for him for who he is. It's entertainment is what it is. Okay. So it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. So you think he's worth... Or you don't you don't agree that he's worth 150 million or whatever, Nike and all these shit. Man, look.
the most savage sports group on the internet. And I'm one of the founding fathers of that. Oh, there. Come back like when, when it was just a couple of dudes that was on the timelines talking sports too much that kind of, you know, got pulled in by, by, um, by Marty and, uh, and Dre. And so I talk sports most of the day. All for day. For the last five, day. six years because of this group. So I hope y'all know what y'all talk about when it comes to to, to this Zion Williamson. Like people disagree with my perspective because I am a die hard Duke fan from the time that I was in fourth grade in Grand Hill. Came to my school and played me one on one in front of everybody and let me score one time. <gasps> like you can get one like, little bro. Do everything. Durham, North Carolina, Bull City. So, Durham. Bull City. So like Durham. I should be the biggest Zion fan. And uh, I am. I I was I was impressed by the energy. I was impressed by the physical gifts, um, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to what a player, all right, some people have physical gifts. Shaquille O'Neal was seven foot one, and he was three hundred pounds, but he was mostly muscle and bone. He was. He was like, that's why he, that's that's a big chunk of why he was great. And so you gotta differentiate talent from from actual, like you gotta differentiate God-given athletic ability that nobody had control over, like winning the lottery, and a player that is just as good, but not because they won the lottery. But because it's like you get the person that got that is a millionaire because they won the lottery, and then you got the person that is a millionaire because they worked, 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 and became a millionaire. So it's like that's how you gotta look at Zion and other players that are in the NBA, not college players, players that are in the NBA. The energy is there. The physicality is there. Is the ability to create a shot off the dribble against NBA defense there? Make the shot. No. Yeah. Sorry. Not there. Not there. Off the dribble. So, that's how I feel about Zion. I think that Zion will sell a lot of tickets. I think that if you're the GM of the NBA team, your number one goal is to make money. Your number two goal is to win. Wait, he so, already got drafted? No, no not, not yet. Oh, yeah. But if you're an NBA GM, you're he's a freshman. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, he's probably going to. That's this. how they get him there. It's called the one and done era. Yeah, that's how they be getting him there. You know, I, I, I just feel some type of way about this whole one and done situation. Yeah, I'm going like to let y'all go. I don't like this because that, because that right there is a lot of people get caught up in the hype. So, well, you don't want me to stay off four years and get an education. You don't want me to be smart. Like Austin Rivers. What about him? What about, what happened? Yeah, 
How are we gonna go from college. Zion to Austin? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about how you were saying the college situation. Okay. How they just went to college and then like, oh, I'm going, I'm good, I'm going to leave next next year. I'm good. Terrible for Duke but, basketball, but great but, for Austin Rivers. Well, who didn't yeah. think Austin was going? That no, I'm saying. I mean, we knew he was going. You were saying about, like, Austin wasn't ready. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He but was, listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, and listen, die hard Duke fan. Coach Pay stopped coaching in 2010, right? He had, he won the championship. He had Nola Smith. He had Kyle Singler. They were juniors. He had John Shire. He was a senior. Um, Lance, senior. Um, Zubek, senior. They had an upper class lineup with lower classmen coming off of the bench and they were playing Duke basketball. They were passing the ball, they were moving the ball. It wasn't showcased. The second Kyrie Irving walked onto that campus, it became showcasing guys that you know are not going to be a part of the program long term. You have a guy that's coming in that you already know is going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft. So the thing is, is that either you're going to play Duke basketball and expose a guy like that, because you got to realize when you play Duke basketball, what it's going to do is going to hide the weaknesses of a player that trusts the offense. And it's going to expose the weaknesses of a player that doesn't, you know, trust the offense and tries to do his own thing. So a Kyrie Irving comes in who is a special player who I believe is one of maybe two of the legit one-and-dones in this time, in this one-and-done era. I think we maybe had two guys that legitimately was like, I. No. Because of your game. Not because of your physical gifts, but just because of your ability to play the game of basketball. I think we've had two. Kyrie's one of them. And so Kyrie came in and we had Nolan Smith, who was a senior, just won the championship. We had Seth Curry, who had just got off of his transfer. So what all of a sudden, Kyrie play, he plays 11 games, and it's magic. Kyrie is just a dominant force, and it's not that he's gunning, because he wasn't. I mean, he was scoring his points. But he was passing the ball. He was getting rebounds. Kyrie was doing his thing, right? But it wasn't like necessarily Duke basketball. It was like the high screen. It was NBA-style stuff. It wasn't what we was doing in 2010 when we had just won a championship. And we had mostly the same play. We were supposed to win again with Kyrie, but Kyrie come in, and Kyrie's so great. And Kyrie is, you know, he's so good that, you know, it becomes about him. And so you saw Nolan Smith numbers go down while Kyrie was playing. Kyrie get hurt. He plays, he plays no games, get hurt. And now... Nolan Smith carries through the season. His numbers go up. And Kyrie sits out a lot of time. Not saying I don't know the injury situation, but at the end of the day, man, like, 
Coach K was trying to hold on to me. He was like, wait a minute, Nolan's the leader of this team, and Kyrie is taking up so much attention, and I want Nolan to go somewhere too. So Kyrie was good. He could sit out the rest of the season and not even come back and still be the number one pick in the draft, just off of those club games. And you saw the difference in how we played when Kyrie was there, and that's why we lost in the tournament, because when Kyrie was there, we are a different team. Because Kyrie is Kyrie. So, Kyrie. <laughs> like, so what happens is that these guys, so Kyrie come, he go, boom. So after Kyrie, I'm thinking Austin came, right? Austin's not Kyrie. And we know it. But everybody's projecting him. The so-called experts are saying, hey, he's top 10 draft pick. Skip. All of these experts, man, and I'm watching the same dude basketball that they watching, but I've been watching dude basketball for so long I can tell the difference in how we play. So we don't play no isolation, one man kill, and everybody play around. That's not successful, dude. Like, it ain't no one man show. It's, it's the team. We passing the ball around. We, we moving. It's like... It's all off of movement. You might have to take one dribble. You might catch a layup. So I just don't think that we play like that this year. I'm in my feelings. We didn't play like that this year. And Zion, as good as he was individually, he didn't play good basketball. And that's why they lost. Yeah. I'm in yeah. my feelings about this, Joe. Yeah. I'm still hurt. Do y'all think going to the playoffs in the league this year? Who? Do y'all think going to the playoffs in the league? Oh, it's already done. The playoffs is already set. Start Saturday. Who's going to the playoffs? Playoffs start tomorrow. I'm saying who you think going to be the top two? Who you think is going to be in the end? Y'all think LeBron? Y'all scared to go all it? Y'all think y'all think LeBron going to make it? Y'all look like Golden State. Come on, man. You think Seth going again? Yeah. I don't think LeBron going. No. LeBron? Playoffs? Yeah. And, and OKC and, and Golden State and 
look, I I understand basketball, so I know Golden State is better than OKC. They're better than them. Man for man, player for player, system for system, Golden State is better. And my basketball mind says Golden State's going to win that series. I personally, like the other dude on my other shoulder, like the angel on my shoulder. I don't know which one the angel or the devil on because I like Golden State too. On my shoulder. But, dog, Russell Westbrook got something to say. And I, I have been a, a big critic of Westbrook. I have not been a Westbrook fan for a few years. There was a time where I was like, yo, Westbrook's not this and Westbrook's not that. And I think that I was right at that time. I think that he was out of control. I think that he wasn't necessarily playing um, smart. Um, and who am I to say that? I'm not in the league, but I know the game. I watch the game. I, I analyze the game. So, I mean, to me, it didn't look like he was really playing a, a very smart brand of basketball. It, just, it looked like he was kind of out of control and just doing stuff, like trying to get his. I don't think that he's that same player anymore. He might be to an extent, but I think that he has evolved into one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen. You think Paul George has something to do with that? I think Russ Bennett's, for the, like, he averaged a triple-double. This is his third year averaging a triple-double. I don't care who on your team. You average a triple-double, like, they got to get in where they fit in. And I'm one of the people that criticize the fact that Paul Depot didn't play as good with him. Um, but I think what Paul George is, is I think Paul George is a whole different animal because Paul George is 6'11", and he's, a, he's kind of a guard. Like, so he can play on or off the ball. It doesn't, he don't got to have a ball to be effective. So I think that a, a, a Paul George, not it's not that he helps Westbrook. I think that I think that Westbrook allows Paul George to not have the pressure of being the man. Like how you were saying he was wild, and now he like. Well, I think that comes with maturity. That comes with maturity. And that's what I always say. There's like talk behind scenes, like, you know, not. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I can see that. I mean, I can see that. You know, control his game and become better now. I think that experience does that, though. Experience does that anyway. I think Paul George coming in, I think what that might do is that might. You know, Paul George is a guy that comes in with with high respect for Westbrook, right? And there was this big thing about whether Paul George was just going to go there for a year and dip. And he resigned because he enjoyed playing with Westbrook. But in basketball, like, 
you are not at your best with everybody. You know what I mean? It could be two great players on a team, and it doesn't make the team better, right? It could be two great players, and one player is better than what you see, but because they're with that other player, you don't see it. So, yeah, I don't see it. at the end of the day, there's no I in team. So, there is no I in team. <laughs> in the, in the but there's an I in win. You're right. On that the, takes the team to win, not one player. There ain't no T A M. Yo, so somebody said to me, somebody said to me. So on the east side now, besides Kobe, I have, I have all in. Toronto. You got Toronto? Yeah. Why you got Toronto? It, because Drake ain't fam. Because what? Because Kawhi? Because Kawhi? Nah. Fucking with Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Toronto, who you got coming out of the east? Got the Pringles. <laughs> oh, the even. No, I haven't even been watching. I don't care who wins. I like the setup and they drop. Listen, man, the East, like Greek Free, to me, to me, Greek Free. I said I last like year, it. I jumped the gun. See, I be, I be so far ahead, and I be sounding stupid the year before, and then the next year it's just happened. Last year, I said that Greek Freak was going to be the MVP. I was wrong. But I saw this year, when I was watching him play, I was seeing the progression. And that's what I didn't do with Westbrook because I was so caught up in what he was doing because he was so far out there. And so I wasn't like really taking into account what well, man, he's going to mature. Um, and I should have taken that into account. But with Greek Freak, I was able to do that because he was so far under the radar. But I watched him, and he was starting to, you know, get up there. And it's like, yo, if this dude, like when Jason Kidd started coaching, I'm like, if this dude let it click, he going to be the best player in the league. Like, and right now, last year I said he was going to be the MVP. He wasn't hard got it. Greek Freak the MVP this year, I guarantee it. I want to say that he going to take them to the finals, but I think he got to go through something, man. And shout out to Mike Buttonholzer, whatever, however you, <laughs> you say his name, because I think he's really the reason why that team has elevated to the level, but he has a history of having great regular seasons and not being able to do it in the playoffs, but he's never had a player like Greek. So I think Greek is going to kind of, like, he's going to be a formidable foe, but my pick coming out of the East, and this is my hot take, Philadelphia 76ers are going to get it together. They're going to beat Toronto in the second round. They're going to beat Greek Freak in the conference finals. And they're going to go 7 with Golden State. Mm. 76ers? Yep. Yep. You think so? Yes. And the reason why I say that. Huh? They're gonna get it all together in the playoffs. Huh? This is what this is what happened to, to me, and just from watching the playoffs year after year after year, 
Like, I watched, um, you remember when the Heat had Shaq and Antoine Walker and yeah. all of them, right? I watched them stumble into the playoffs. And, like, have issues and then got it together and beat Dallas. I saw, um, gosh, what was I just thinking of? The Celtics, KG, Paul Pearson, the Muslims going like seven games every playoff series. They was still getting stuck together like towards the end of the regular season. They were still figuring each other out. You know, they had just got together, the Celtics, and they wanted their first year. So what I see with Philadelphia is a team that just got put together and what they're trying to do is figure out they're, they're trying to figure it out but their pieces are so strong over a seven game series I don't think anybody can beat them because it's one thing to beat a team like it's one thing to beat a team that's like one time and then you don't play them again for another three months, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But when you play them back to back and you, and and like the thing with them, with Philly is that Embiid might come out and have a big game, right? So now when y'all go, y'all got one day to look at the film and y'all go look at the film and y'all see where y'all messed up and y'all figure out a way to inhibit Embiid. But then Ben Simmons, he have a big game. And so then y'all go back to the family, like, I think we got it because we can do this with Ben Simmons, let him shoot, and then Embiid will front him and we'll throw a double at him. And then the next game, Jimmy Butler go Jimmy on you. And now it's like, you really can't game plan because all of those guys can beat you. Like, can't forget about Tobias either. Tobias is there. Like, Tobias is a big deal. JJ, dude, alumni. Like, big deal. Like, JJ get his, his defense together. JJ don't got to play you like that, no, with this team. JJ is a good position defender. He's not going to stay in front of nobody, but he will be in the right place for like a charge. Because he played that dude during the year we were actually <clears throat> rotating on defense and we had guys that understood how to play defense. He knows how to rotate. He knows where to be. He can't stop nobody one-on-one, -on -one, but he can get to the spot, beat people to the spotlight position-wise. So I think J.J. is good enough defensively. I think that that team is up to Brett Brown. Brett Brown is on the hot seat. Yes, you on the hot seat, Brett Brown. <laughs> this team right here is too good not to win the East Dog. They too good. They got Tobias Harris is nice, bro. Like, like they're too good to not win the East. And I love, listen, I love Boston. They got two blue boys over there. They got Kyrie and Tatum. Those are the two dudes that came to do as freshmen followed by guys. Go ahead. Like, you are NBA-ready basketball-wise. Tatum and Kyrie. All the rest of them is 
should have stayed there as a school if you ask me at least one more year. And no, okay, let me take that back. They shouldn't have stayed in school, right? They did the right thing. They went to the NBA and they got them, they got that money, they guaranteed money with guaranteed contracts. Let me take that back. I'm glad every one of them went. But from a basketball perspective, the only two that I think were ready basketball-wise from that first year is Kyrie and Tate. But everybody else was not basketball ready. Now financially, bro, go. That rule is racist anyway. But going back to the 76ers, what about the match? I hate when people ask me about that. They, they, they bench got to do it. Man, I don't think they can do Listen, it right now. Listen, I think, I think they're bench. I don't think they can do it right now. Hold on. Let me not get to lying out here. Yeah. Let me not get to lying out here. Let's <laughs> talk about their bench. It's not strong enough. Why should look at their chicken? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is so good right now. <laughs> Between Greg Monroe and Amir Johnson, I think you got two good bigs in there. Yeah, bro, I'm not concerned about their bench, though. I'm, at, I'm concerned at, about Brett Brown, look, to be look honest. At, look at uh, Toronto or Boston's bench. But listen, this is good, but look, bench players play better at home, right? Like, and then. I, I just think that it's not about your bench because your bench is going to shrink in the playoffs. You're not going to be playing as many players. You're going to have a shorter rotation. You're only going to really be playing eight guys in the playoffs. Every team shortens their rotation in the playoffs. So my thing. They're not built like they're wrong. They're going to get tired. Who? They're going to get burnt out. Who? Players. What players? You, you know how stressful the playing in the playoffs is not playing in the in a yeah, but game. yo, I think Jimmy Butler is up for the challenge. He's their closer. 
I like Jimmy Butler. I think you got Joel Embiid. I think you got Ben Simmons. You got Jake. Yo, they gonna win the East, bro. They gonna win the East. And, Is Dirk retiring? Huh? Dirk? Yes. Oh, yeah, Dirk and Wade. Left everybody in suspense. <laughs> now, he didn't leave. He went on a tour. They, they, they honored Dirk all year. Mm-hmm. And, and D-Wade. D-Wade and Dirk got honored all year. And, um, and those two of the greatest of all time, both top five in their position. Maybe top three for some people at their position. But, um, yeah, both um, legendary players that I got the opportunity to watch from start to finish. And, you know, I can't say nothing negative about, uh, about um, D-Wade or Dirk as men. Of course, I pick apart their games. But at the end of the day, as, as overall careers, those are two of the greatest of all time. I'm glad I got to see them. Um, but I ain't gonna say but Paul Pierce. Yeah, I was going to that. How you feel about what Paul Pierce said about? I ain't mad at Paul Pierce. I ain't mad at Paul Pierce. I ain't mad at Paul Pierce at all. I am not mad at Paul Pierce. Because here's the thing, dog. I grew up with him. I played with players that were better than me. I played with players that were just as good as me. And I played with players that I was better than, right? And I think everybody usually has that experience unless you just suck or unless you're just great. But everybody else is like somewhere in the middle. And I would say I'm, I'm like, I, like if you compare the caliber of player I played against, I don't play against dudes that y'all watch on TV and play with on 2K. So I, I'm like, in the scope of that, I would say I'm like lower middle. If I just kept it real with myself, and I'm, and I wasn't trash, I was, I just played against a lot of really good players. So. Um, so I say that to say Paul Pierce from a player's perspective you can look at a dude and say yo I'm nicer than him I done bust his ass before I'm nicer than that dude and if I was in my prime playing against him in his prime, he would not be able to guard me at all. And I believe, and there's people that, you know, just <laughs> as, as an individual, there's people that, like, like you know is better than you, and then there's people that you know you better than them, but maybe they might just be in a situation where they're, like, they're in a different Place. Like, I grew up playing AAU, so I always played high school ball. I played varsity from 10th grade up. So, I always played AAU over the summer. Heavy, heavy, traveling everywhere. And it's like, it's cats that you, that might be on your AAU team, or you might bump heads with in AAU, and you eating them. You kill them in that set. And so in your mind, it's like, yo, I'm nicer than him. 
But when you go back to your respective high schools or when you go back to your respective teams, it's a whole different team. It's a whole different dynamic, a whole different system. And that kid might have better stats and be more visible out in the newspaper and stuff. And you sitting back and you not hating, but if it come up, it's like, yo, in your mind, it's verifiable. Yo, I'm nicer than them. And so I just feel like Paul Pierce is just saying, and yo, people didn't give me this kind of love. And at the end of the day, in my prime, I don't think D-Wade can stop me. Now, vice versa. I don't think he can stop D-Wade either. But let's just say you know that if this dude is guarding you, you can get 40. Right? Yeah, yeah. No matter what he gonna do, if you know you can get 40 on him, when you walk off the court, you're gonna feel like you're nicer than him. So I I think they're peers, bro. I don't think D Wade is here and Paul Pierce is here. I think Paul Pierce is from his perspective as a player looks at Dwayne Wade. And it probably says, you know what? He had a better career than me because he had a better situation than me. But if we stripped it all down to me and my best year versus him and his best year, and both of us had the same supporting cast, I'm sure Paul Pierce feel like that he could beat him. He could beat him. He beat Kobe. He got finals MVP. In the finals with Kobe Bryant. He beat the GOAT. And the who? So, 
I'm, I'm just looking this up, so I don't know why. So they won 2000, 2001, and 2002, right? So Kobe was playing with Shaq in his prime. Kobe's prime, for me, did not start until Shaq left. I think you're still looking at a young Kobe of Westbrook with Durant. You're still looking at a young Kobe in that situation. So, so if that's true, LeBron came in the league in 03, right? So by the time Shaq left LA, it was 05. In 2005, who was the most popular basketball player in the world? It wasn't Kobe? It was LeBron James. In 2005? That's the last time. That's that's. Yeah, but okay, so that was the end of Kobe's era. Okay, but how was that Kobe's era if he was second fiddle to Shaq? You think Kobe and was Tim Duncan? Shaq got Finals MVP all three of those years. I'm talking about popularity. Kobe. Was oh, Shaq was in movies. Shaq was Shaq was probably the yeah, most popular everybody, basketball player. Everybody, but everybody, there was a whole. Era of time. Shaq had a video game. It, okay. Shaq was in movies. Right, but that was before. Kobe was just a basketball era. player. There was a whole era of time. People still, when they shooting, the they say Kobe. That's because of Dave Chappelle. No, it's not. It's because it's Kobe. <laughs> okay. It's because it's Kobe. That Dave Chappelle sketch. Right, but Kobe that's but what it's made, because that's, it's Kobe. But that's why people do that. That's but it's because it's Kobe. If he would have said no. that was somebody who wasn't Kobe, it would have Okay, true, but that was a Dave Chappelle joke. Kobe Bryant was not a ain't nobody saying Shaq. Niggas saying Kobe. Uh, still. Ain't nobody saying know? LeBron. Niggas still saying Kobe. <laughs> okay, but that's 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 trivial. And first of all, if you go to the gym right now. Kobe! The garbage dudes are saying stuff like that. The real hoopers ain't yelling out yeah, Kobe. That is, that is so, like, at the end of the day, Kobe, like, Kobe is, for me, one of the great ones. But I don't think Kobe had, like, an era that he was the undisputed GOAT to everybody like MJ did. Right? MJ was a totally different animal because he was an undisputed GOAT. And he was the first undisputed GOAT for really a long time. I still think even to this day, Jordan is the undisputed GOAT. Nobody ever was the undisputed GOAT as long as MJ was. And I think they tried, it was almost, they was almost about to do it. But these teams started stacking up against LeBron and so they cut off his championships and people go by championships, which I don't do. I don't go by championships. But, um, yeah, it, it's Jordan for me. And, Ever? Yeah. No, I'm just asking. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's MJ for me, go greatest of all time. Um, and then, and then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's in my top five. See, after MJ, my top five is fluid. Like, because I like to put Magic at number two. Um, I like to go MJ, Magic, LeBron, Elijah Wan, and Kareem. 
my top five all the time. But after that, you know, like really after MJ, all of that top five is interchangeable from different perspectives. And then, then after that top five, that, that sixth spot is, is like hot. That's, that's like a hot spot. It's like a hot spot on my list. That was crazy. You only got Kobe and shit. In my top five? Yeah. Like over who? Who is he? Like who can you really put Kobe over in that top five? I'm not in that top five. You can't. You think Kobe you, is better than Steph Curry? Huh? You think Kobe's better than Steph Curry? Steph Curry? Yeah. Soldier Boy. <laughs> Steph? Steph?
Facts. Right. Be blessed. Watch your surroundings. Be blessed. Thank God you live it. Thank God you woke up. Sure. Jay is sure. out. R.I.P. 